You are listening to weekly messages from Austin Christian Fellowship. For more information about ACF, visit acfellowship.org. All right. Well, good morning, everybody. How we doing? Awesome. That was pretty good. Up there as students, we don't really get a response like that. We just get stares. So thank you for that. I appreciate it. If I haven't had the pleasure of meeting you yet, my name is Christian Aarons, and I am the student pastor here at ACF. Uh, my wife, Valerie, and I, we've been here for just over a year. Uh, she's a Spanish teacher at Vandergriff High School, so we both feel fortunate to be able to work with the students in this area. Uh, if you just saw behind me, we have baptism service coming up next week. Can we get a little round of applause for that? Yeah. Loving this energy. Please keep it coming. Uh, if you have not taken the step of baptism yet in your faith walk, then uh, you will have the opportunity to do that next week. So if that is something that you are interested in and haven't been able to do, you can go to our website and see our baptism page, or at the end of service, you will have the opportunity to talk with somebody about that. And if you're sort of new to ACF and you're looking for ways to get connected, uh, do me a favor, and the screen behind me, there's gonna be an ACF Connect uh, little memo right here. And so if you're wanting to be uh, connected, get more involved in the church, maybe find a place to serve, you can either take a picture of this QR code or you can text 512-866-9908. I think I got that right. Boom, there we go. I, I wrote it down without seeing it, so I just wanted to make sure. Thank you. Um, so I, I'm here, Pastor Will asked me to speak to you guys this morning, and before we even jump into anything like that, uh, I need you to know something specific about me, and that is like, I am just a crazy sports fanatic, okay? Sports have played a really big part in my life. Um, I probably listen to like way too many sports podcasts, but it's just something that I love. It's something I enjoy. It's something that was a huge part of my life. But out of all of the sports that I have like watched and enjoyed and listened and fantasy football, all this stuff, there's one player above all who just is like very special to me. One player. And that is the great Kobe Bryant. Kobe Bryant is one of the best basketball players of all time. He had an insane legacy. He's a Hall of Famer, an all-timer. Uh, and he, you know, he just recently passed away, and I, it's one of those moments where I just remember exactly what I was doing when the news broke. You know, it's something that still feels hard to, to get over, and even more so at my wedding, me and my groomsmen, we all wore these like Kobe Bryant socks. It was really cool, fun. Uh, also, it's kind of weird, like, you know, to, when your pants ride up a little bit, you see someone's face just like staring at you, so might have been a little weird. It's okay. It was for Kobe. But one of the things that I think I loved most or one of the ways that Kobe Bryant's inspired me personally is that at the end of his career, when he was done playing basketball, you typically see players or people of his status or, or kind of level of all-time great, you, you kind of see them move into like a, a, a different like mogul kind of stage where they are just kind of either making money off their name and endorsements, or maybe they're stepping into uh, sports casting or some sort, right? But what Kobe did is he actually decided not to do any of that. He decided to open his Mamba Academy. And this was like an academy where they made teams and they invested in the next generation and wanted to build up 
the next generation of basketball. And here's a, just a small quote from the late Kobe Bryant. It says, now, championships come and go, but if you really wanna create something that lasts generations, you have to help inspire the next generation. That's when you create something forever, and that's what's most beautiful. And so I hear these words of Kobe Bryant and I think, man, why should this just be a basketball thing? Why can't this be something that all of us are doing, which is inspiring the next generation? And more specifically here at ACF, I think starting next week, there's gonna be some changes happening here where we're all going to have the opportunity to inspire the next generation. And so that's exactly what I'm talking to you about this morning. The title of my message is How to Reach the Next Generation. And I know when I say that, maybe there's some of you that, you know, you think, okay, well, I'm not a parent, or I don't have kids, or I'm an empty nester. My time in inspiring the next generation is done. You know, let me just do my own thing and read my newspaper. But the scriptures are very clear about the importance of building up the next generation. And more specifically, the way that, that we as the body of Christ can inspire the next generation to grow old following, knowing, and loving Jesus. Psalm 145.4 specifically references this and it says, one generation shall commend your works to another and shall declare your mighty acts. So inspiring the next generation, not only does it strengthen the family, but it strengthens the body of Christ. And so how, how do we do this? How do we go about inspiring the next generation? Well, I think the first thing that we have to do is we kind of have to change the way that we look at them. We have to change the way that we see them. Because I think sometimes we, we run into either groups of people or different types of people. And what we do is we, we just try to figure them out and what that can cause us to do to sort of like put them in this box. So specifically for me, I always am trying to figure out how Cowboys fans are like so optimistic every year that they're gonna like be great and they're gonna do awesome. And you know, this is our year, Weedem boys, you know? Like I don't understand it. So I just have to assume like, well, they must not like actually watch the games because they would know that it's probably not possible. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to offend you. Maybe I did. But we kind of do this with the next generation as well. And, and I think in my time in working in student ministry, I, I've been able to see the ways that we've put this, this generation in a box. Because when we put them in a box, we miss out on who they truly are. And some of the things that I have heard said about this generation is like, wow, they are, they are very tech addicted. They're very tech dependent. Uh, this is probably the most apathetic generation of all time. Um, they're extremely lazy. You know, they kind of have this, they're either all the way in or all the way out mentality. Um, I think the one that I hear from like parents is they're just always on their dang phones. You know, you can't get them off their phones. And this generation puts a lot of, of weight and investment in social media. And I think as maybe I said some of these out loud, you can kind of start to think of maybe some of the 
people you know in the next generation, you're like, well, yeah, that actually does sound about right. But I just want to ask you to take a step back and realize maybe by placing these things or generalizing this generation, maybe we're actually misunderstanding them. And maybe they're just a generation that is misunderstood altogether. Real quick, can I just have a show of hands? How many of you in this room have seen the best TV show ever made, Ted Lasso? Show of hands. Great. All right, well, Ted Lasso, I think is my favorite. Can we, can we show Ted up here? Yeah, look at him. Just, a, just an awesome guy, right? So Ted Lasso, I would like to believe, is my spirit animal, if I can categorize him as that. But Ted Lasso, the whole story of this show is uh, Ted is an American football coach, okay? But he gets hired to go coach a European soccer club. And, and the part of the plot of this is so that Ted can just absolutely run the team into the ground because he, he doesn't know what he's doing. And so Ted, while he's there, even though he has no idea what he's doing, Ted just really shows people around him what vulnerability looks like. He puts an emphasis on relationship, and he spends time getting to know every single person in this club. And in one particular moment, I wanted to show the clip this morning. Ted is in this moment where he's playing darts against this guy that just doesn't like him and is like, you're the worst, you suck, you need to leave. And Ted's like, man, well, you know, if I saw this quote one day, and it said, be curious, not judgmental. He's like, because if you were curious about me, you would have actually taken the chance to get to know me. You would have, you would have learned about my relationship with my dad. You would have learned about my, my upbringing. You would have just actually been, begun to understand who I am as a person. And so when thinking about the next generation, I think us as a church, we need to be a little more curious. We need to maybe take a step outside our comfort zone. We need, we need to actually sit face to face with them instead of putting them to the side and just trying to figure them out. Because maybe they're just under, misunderstood. Maybe we just haven't taken the step to get to know them. So I'm gonna pray real fast and then we're just gonna get into how to reach the next generation. So Lord, thank you for this morning. Thank you for the chance to be here. Jesus, I believe that you're moving and working in this church. And I believe that the changes that we are gonna make in the near future are all inspired by you. So please, Empty me of myself, Lord, of my own thoughts, of my own tendencies, and God, just fill me with your spirit. It's in your name I pray, amen. So how do we reach the next generation? The first thing, engage. Engage, we have to engage them. Now, over the past seven years that I've been working in student ministry, uh, there's been some, some things that, that I've started to learn just when it comes to the next generation. And more specifically, when it comes to Generation Z, which is the next generation that we're specifically talking about, man, they actually have one of the like, wildest upbringings um, when you think about it. There's this group called Barna, okay? And Barna 
is a very, very just great group that, that focuses all their time and resources in studying the next generation. And when they studied them, they started to compare them to, to older generations and started to show like, man, what are the things that this generation is either struggling with or dealing with more than past generations? And what Barna showed us is that, man, after experiencing this COVID pandemic and after being forced to do homeschool, electronic school, and all these things, that this is the generation that struggles with an identity crisis more than others. They don't know who they are. They don't know what they're passionate about. They don't know what, what they want to be when they're, they're older or anything like that. They're unsure of their future. They have no idea what is promised and what's not, especially after having to be very flexible over these past three years. And this is the one that really gets me. And this is the one that I think shows us that we have some work to do when it comes with engaging the next generation. And that is that the anxiety and depression levels of the next generation have raised over 60%. There's been a 60% increase over the past three years. And on top of that, there is a 50% increase in the chronic anxiety disorder diagnosis in the next generation. Something that we've even recognized within our own student ministry itself is that the amount of times that suicide is referenced and talked about in, in a small group conversation or setting is a little alarming. It's almost as like the weight or the severity of suicide is slowly drifting away. And it's a little more appealing and less scary to think about. And because of this high levels of anxiety and high levels of depression, what, what research is actually showing is that this next generation, most of them are operating in a space where their brains aren't functioning like a normal brain should be. Because when they're in these such overloaded mindsets of anxiety and depression, their brain is actually pumped with this chemical called cortisol. And what it does is it separates the brain's ability from left brain and right brain to function together. Their brains are literally split in half. And when that happens to the brain of somebody who is still developing and growing up, they either get stuck in a flight or flight fight or flight response, or they get stuck in despair. And so that is what this next generation is dealing with. And maybe the people in the next generation that you don't know specifically might be dealing with this, but the reality is that over half of the next generation, this is their reality. But on top of that, they've become so good at hiding it, become so good about pushing it away and not showing it, not letting that rise to the surface. And so because of this, man, what we have recognized is that this generation has a deep need for connection. They have a deep need for connection. And so moving forward here at ACF, 
we've decided that, man, if we are going to engage with these students, we have to change the way that we do things. And so in the past, and over this past year, we have kind of been doing this rhythm of where students will meet up in the student building at 11.15 on Sunday mornings, and we'll have our student service, and it'll be great. And then last school year, we did our small groups on Wednesday nights, and we had students coming up here for you know, praise, worship, and teaching, and then we split them up into small groups, and these were all great things, and we actually saw a lot of victories over this past year with students. We saw students come to know Jesus. We saw students take a step of faith to, um, to step into baptism, and honestly, it was a really great year, but without even realizing it, man, we were sort of getting in this habit of saying, all right, students, you are gonna do your own thing, and then everyone else is gonna do their own thing as well, and we're just gonna keep it like that. And y'all, it's no question, and there's no hesitation that we all can agree that what has been happening in this room on Sunday mornings has been awesome. God has been moving, his spirit has been present in this room, and so now, Starting next week, we are no longer gonna have student services on Sunday morning. We are gonna have students in here, both services, and we're gonna have students be a part and be connected to what God is doing in this room on Sunday mornings. And we believe that by doing that, man, students will no longer have that feeling of being separated, won't have that feeling of kind of, you know, just being up the hill and doing their own thing, but we believe that students will be in here and they will feel like they are a part of this church as a whole. And in this room specifically, there will be people from all different walks of life, from different generations, with different stories, all coming together to simply glorify the Lord. And we believe that if we do that, yeah, come on, it's awesome. And we believe by doing that, that students will start to feel connected. They will start to feel like they are apart. And so the best thing that you can do next week when this room is full of students is just to simply engage with them. Engage with them. There's, there's really just two ways that this can go. You guys can either be a little upset at me for for doing this. You guys can feel sorry that maybe there might be some people sitting closer to you or that maybe you have to sit with your kids on a Sunday morning and you're like, dude, this was the only hour that I had this week. I'm asking for your grace, all right? Because I believe that, that while that is one response, the other response is that we welcome these students in and make them feel valued. We make them feel a part and just simply by engaging with them and welcoming in here, God, I think that we are gonna see huge thing happen, not in the next generation, but in this church as a whole. And the ways that you can engage them are simple. There's not any kind of like huge ideas of the ways that you can engage the next generation, right? It can be as simple as a conversation. It can be as simple as a hello. It can be as simple as a how are you or it can be as simple as praying. There's not any kind of extreme or crazy ways to engage, man. It's simply just recognizing that they're here 
and acknowledging them. Because when we engage, they feel seen. When we engage, they feel seen. And so the next way that we can reach the next generation is to share. To share. Now, there's a lot of things that we can share. We can share meals. We can share, uh, you know, car rides. We can share uh, resources. You can share truth. Um, But I think that one of the things that we don't share enough is our story, your testimony, right? Think about the last time when you actually sat down with somebody and you began to tell them about your life. You began to tell them about the way that God has has saved you and moved in you and is continuing to move through you. Revelation 12, 11, this is at the very end of the Bible, and this is a vision that John has received from God about when Jesus comes back and he finally defeats the enemy. And this is one small verse in that moment. It says this, it says, and they overcame him, him being the enemy, by the blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. They loved not their lives unto the death. And so in this verse specifically, by the blood of the lamb, right? That, that, is, that is Jesus. That is his sacrifice. That is the reason that we are in this room this morning because we recognize that we have a savior who came to the earth, lived a perfect life, died on the cross three days later, rose from the grave so that you and I could have a relationship with him and the distance that, that was separating us from God is now gone. And we now are able to walk in relationship with him, but then it says, by the, by the word of our testimony. One of the things that we taught our students this past year is that everyone has a story. And for those of us who have been saved by Jesus and are in relationship with him, all of our stories in that aspect are the same. It involves Jesus saving us, making us from dead, to life, allowing us to walk in relationship with him. But then the last part is that everybody's story is unique. Think about how crazy it is that we serve such a big God that is able to uniquely craft your own story, but at the same time, everyone else's story in a unique way. And by you engaging with someone, and this doesn't even have to be the next generation. This is just in our church in general, just imagine you engaging with somebody and sharing your story and being able to share the ways that God has saved you and even show you the way that God is still moving and working through you. I think that's something that we don't do enough. And y'all, I just wanna give this a reminder to you as well. In our student ministry specifically, We have so many students who show up either because they were invited or because they have friends or uh, because they just happened to stumble upon one of our student services. And you would be surprised at how many, but there 
are a good handful of students that are in our student ministry who have parents that are unchurched or have parents that are believers in different religions or even parents, parents that are atheist, agnostic, or even some kids that feel like they can't tell their parents that they're coming because of what the repercussions will be. And so by you being willing to engage and share with the next generation, you might end up being one of the few adult voices in their life that are sharing with them about the goodness of God. You might not even recognize it, you might not realize it, but you very well could be one of the only older people in their lives who are, who are testifying to them, who are sharing with them. And so when it comes to the next generation, starting next week, you can engage them, welcome them, conversate with them. But I just wanna encourage everybody in here to, to be willing to share with them. Just be willing to take that step, to simply just share. Share your story, share about your life, share what you are learning in general. What is God speaking to you? What is he teaching you? Be willing to do that. And everyone has a story to share. And when we share, they feel invited. The next one, listen. This is kind of the one-two punch with sharing because if we are gonna be willing to share, I think we also have to be willing to listen. But I'll be honest with you. I think listening is is hard, right? Listening is hard. And, and maybe I'm a little different because I have ADHD, so sitting still in general or standing still is already hard for me as it is. But when it comes to listening, how many of us, when given the opportunity to sit down with someone younger than us or whatever it may be, how many of us actually just listen? I find myself becoming or being guilty of maybe like actively listening, but what, what I'm really doing is I'm, I'm slowly taking mental notes of the ways that I can go in and correct. Or I'm slowly looking for the, the thing to uh, reference back to and be like, well, this is where you went wrong. Well, this is where your mistake was. Or even more so, it's, it, this, this moment is like, well, you shouldn't have ever done that. And I think one of the reasons for this is maybe we have this like self-appointed um, purpose that we've given ourselves that we actually are, are supposed to like teach and correct and fix the next generation. Now, parenting is different. Parenting, I understand that, that parents, you have an obligation that you have to, you know, show your child what is right and wrong and, and, and build them up and teach them. But just more specifically, like, if, if it's someone who's not your kid and, and maybe they're, they're just being vulnerable to share. And can you imagine just that, that feeling of when you're just trying to get to know somebody or you're trying to share your experience or what's going through, and then the first thing that you're met with is, well, this is where you went wrong. Y'all, we have to remember that the next generation 
after all they've been through and all that's gone on in the world for the past couple of years, like they are still in their process of becoming. They're still in that phase of their life where their brains are developing, where they're trying to understand that the, the earth doesn't revolve around them and they're trying to understand what it means to become an adult or even just to get through middle school or high school. And so, but if, if we engage with the next generation and we simply just meet it with correction or we're treating them like a project, man, what can happen is we can make them feel little simply just for their process of becoming. So what I ask and, and what I am trying to do and what we don't want for this next generation is to make them feel little for their process of becoming. Because for most of us in this room, man, we, we are not the same. And thank God that we're not. We're not the same people we were in middle school or high school or even college. You've been in your process of becoming and you're still in your process of becoming, but you might have some years on the next generation. And I promise you, if someone of the next generation is looking, if they're looking for help, if they're looking for correction, if they're looking for guidance, they will, they will ask you for it. They will. But if vulnerability is given an opportunity, don't close the door by just stepping in looking for correction. In Barna, the study that, that I love, that I've just been spending so much time trying to, to learn and read more, it actually says that this generation, more than any other generation, struggles with pressure. It says that more than 50% of believing and non-believing Generation Z uh, kids says that more than 50% of them feel a pressure to be successful or to be perfect from other generations. And that almost 40% of Generation Z feel pressured by their own parents' expectations. And so let me just offer you some advice for all of us in here. We don't have to know the answers. We don't have to know the ways that we can correct. We don't have to know the, the right next step for whoever it is that we're talking to. But the simple process of showing up and listening and hearing them out is more powerful than you think. It's more powerful than you think. And not only just listening to the person you're talking to, but it, Y'all, if, if you ever get stuck or don't know where to go or can't find a resource or can't find a friend to talk to, let me just remind everybody in here that, that you can listen to the Holy Spirit as well. That God has given you the Holy Spirit and the Holy Spirit is meant to be your helper and it's meant to, to guide you. And so if you feel stuck or you're not sure what to say or maybe you've been in a moment where you have somebody of the next generation that's coming to you talking about self-harm or maybe they're talking to you about suicide or depression or maybe needing to go to counseling and you're not sure what to do in that moment. And sometimes one of the best things that you can do is just rely on the Holy Spirit to show you what the next step is. 
And maybe even something that I would love to see us get to the point of is, you know, maybe instead of trying to sit down and come up with this plan or the three next steps or, hey, this is what you need to do when you get home, like what if we just threw that kind of thinking aside and we just began to lay hands on each other and we just began to pray? Generation over generation, just praying for each other. And when we listen, they feel understood. When we listen, they feel understood. Now, the last thing I have for you this morning is steadfast, to be steadfast. Now, again, if, if you're looking for a resource that, um, that can help you learn more about Generation Z, I highly recommend Barna. B-A-R-N-A, it's, it's, a, it's a great resource. And Barna's study has showed us that Gen Z is three times more likely to be interested in Christianity based off of personal example. Three times more interested in Christianity based off of personal example. This is three times more than simply sharing the gospel, three times more than just quoting or citing scripture, three times more than offering invitations or, or going to church events, three times more than basic evangelism, three times more than apologetics, or three times more than questions about the afterlife. And so one of the best ways that we can reach the next generations is by being steadfast in our own personal walk with Jesus. This generation is being raised at the height of our society's cancel culture. And whether you agree with it or not, or you're tired of hearing about it, or tired of seeing these you know, people get canceled, and this is what our students are being raised to believe is right. And quite frankly, I think our students are getting tired of seeing people who say and proclaim one thing, but then go and live a different way. I think our students are tired of seeing people who, who know all the answers and know all the facts, but then when it comes to their personal life, not give any kind of weight towards. And so if you want to inspire and ignite this next generation, I promise you one of the best things that you can do is continue to grow in your personal walk with the Lord. That you would spend your unhurried time with God every day and that you would spend time in your quiet place and you would slowly meet Jesus in that place and you would let him work on your heart because the beautiful thing about it, everyone, is that as we draw near to him and we spend more time with him, he will slowly begin to work on you and your heart and he will make you become more and more like him. That is the beautiful thing about following Jesus. And let me just remind everyone in here, we're never going to arrive at a place where we have our walks with the Lord figured out. We're never gonna arrive to a place where we can just coast. 
Following Jesus is a long obedience in the same direction. So when it comes to reaching the next generation, I think what they, what would, what would impact them most is not, I think the things that we talked about before this, engaging, sharing, and listening, but I think that these students want to know that this is an investment worth making. I think these students want to know that following Jesus is something that they can do for their entire lives, something that's worth it. And so I believe if we are steadfast in our personal walks with Jesus, but also steadfast in engaging, sharing, and listening with the next generation, I believe that the next generation will be able to see what it looks like to know, love, and serve Jesus for a lifetime. Because when we are steadfast, the fruit follows. The fruit follows. And so starting next week, as students start to show up in this place, my question is, how will you react? How will you react? How will you respond? How will you engage? How will you share? How will you listen? How will you be steadfast? And just imagine what Sundays will look like if we have all generations on the same page coming together for the same goal to know, love, and serve Jesus. Do me a favor, everybody, just bow your heads with me real fast. Lord, I thank you for this morning. I thank you for the chance to speak. But God, I just pray that you would inspire us as a church to see the value in multi-generational worship. That you would show us the, the value of a generation passing down to a generation and a, that generation passing down to another generation. You're a God of the generations and you care about each generation the same. So thank you, Lord, for this morning and we look forward to what you're gonna be doing here. It's in your name we pray, amen. Online, thank you for being here this morning. We'll see you soon.